Okay, let's talk about candles for a minute. Do you know that almost 2 billion candles are sold globally each year and almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next 1 million years? It's insane. That's why I think it's really cool that Notes candles exist. They're working to eliminate single-use candle vessels and give home fragrance lovers a more earth-friendly option. Notes has created a refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessel over and over again. It is super easy. The candles are made with fragranced wax beads, so all you do is place the wick in your reusable notes jar and fill it up with the wax beads and enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours. The Santal and Atlas Cedar scent is like this woodsy calming smell. It's so nice. And they have oat milk and balsam berry, vanilla and pepperwood, pistachio and rose water, and a total of 13 really great options to choose from. Be a responsible consumer while not giving up high quality home fragrance by making the switch to notes. You can build your custom starter kit right now at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Right now, notes is giving our friends 15% off and free shipping when you buy a notes starter kit using the code that sounds fun. Just use that code that sounds fun when you're placing your order. That's that sounds fun at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today, and we have got a great show in store. Hey, there's still time to send a question in for the prayer Q&A that's coming up in April. Just follow the links in the show notes. There's a place you can submit written questions or send in like a Vox vocal question if you prefer talking with your mouth instead of your fingers. And before we dive into today's conversation, I want to take a moment to share about one of our incredible partners. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Here's the thing that I think maybe gets overlooked. The Bible talks about loving God and about loving your neighbor as yourself. And I think that often we're so well-meaning about investing in our relationships with God and with others that we might neglect the whole as yourself part of the equation. Prioritizing a healthy relationship with ourselves, I like to say it's being a good friend to myself. It's so important. So this month, BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you that you matter too. And one of the ways we can be good friends to ourselves is through therapy. I always say that my therapist is on Team Healthy Annie, and I'm so grateful for the way she's helped me over the years. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and our friends here at That Sounds Fun get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash that sounds fun. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash that sounds fun. Today on the show, I get to talk with Rebecca St. James. Yes, the Rebecca St. James that had 14-year-old Annie belting out all of her hit songs along with her. After a nine-year hiatus, one of the defining voices in the history of Christian music is back at it. She's since become a wife and a mom and has walked a lot of life in the in-between time. And it's so fun to hear from her about what that journey has been like and about all that she's learning as she stepped back into the music industry. And y'all have got to check out her new music. Her EP is called Dawn, and it features a new worship song that she sings with Brandon Lake called Battle is the Lord's. I cannot quit it, y'all. I can't wait for y'all to get to know her if you don't already or to catch up with a dear longtime friend to so many of us. And with as much as y'all enjoyed the For King and Country episode last week, 
This is their sister. So we're just having family time over here with all the small bones, Joel and Luke. And now here is my conversation with my friend, Rebecca St. James. Rebecca St. James, welcome to That Sounds Fun. Annie, this is such a joy. We, I mean, we've been talking about getting coffee uh, or tea right. for like how long now? Months. Months and <laughs> Literal months. months, I know. So we get to have our coffee tea moment We're together right now. Just with everyone. Are you a coffee person? I am a coffee person. How, well, you have a lot of children. I'm a mom of three yeah. young children. <laughs> I am definitely a coffee person. How do people do without that? I mean, I know. I and mean, have that's kids, what, People especially. always think I'm younger than I am. And part of it is not being married with kids. And the other part is I'm like, I've slept every night. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't lost any sleep. So I don't need coffee because nobody wakes me up. Oh. How old are your three? Seven, three, and one. Oh, my gracious. Mm-hmm. Okay. Busy mama. Yes. But you have time to break away for us. Thank you. This is so special. Uh, I'm so stoked. I am too. I'm so stoked. I mean, so many of our friends listening are probably feeling the thing that I feel of like 16-year-old Annie would actually not believe <laughs> this moment. Oh, you are so sweet. I just wouldn't. I mean, all of us have been fans of you for decades. You're so sweet. What does that feel like that we all grew up together, but you didn't know? I can't really get my head around it too much. Like, it trips me out a little bit. Yeah. And people do kind of know things about me and my journey that I don't even know that they know. Sure. But I was saying actually to somebody earlier today, it's like my life has been kind of on display since like 13. Yes. I went on my first tour at 13 and then full time with music at 16. So it's kind of all I know is that people kind of know my business. And I think I've tried to live my life where I don't have anything to hide. Mm -hmm. And so people can ask me just about everything. Okay, this is funny. You'll like this. So one time I said in an interview, because somebody asked me on the road what my favorite snack was. And at that point, it was prunes, Annie. Prunes? I know. Why? I don't know why. I liked the taste of them and they were super healthy. And I was like, and I was just, yeah, unembarrassed, like just saying prunes. I got prunes at in-store appearances no. in the signing line for so long. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, it was just like, no, why did I ever say that? <laughs> like, why don't you just pick something cooler? Why didn't you say cash? My favorite snack is cash. There you go. That <laughs> could have served me. me a lot better than the prunes. Like, what, is, what the heck? That is hilarious. Yeah. One of the things we do is we send an email on Fridays. It's called the AFD Week in Review. Okay. And we tell people who we're interviewing the next week. And oh, so that's then they fun. can give us questions. Okay. So people exploded. At the idea that you were going to be here. But one of the questions that I'm really interested in as well is the difference between the 90s and now. Mm. So tell me about the difference in like the industry, but also Gosh. the difference in Christendom. What do you see different now that you've you've had an EP come out last summer, summer of 20, but now the new album's out. So you're back in it. Yes. What's the difference? I mean, the industry is so different. And I feel like I'm a student right now, kind of learning from people that are at least a decade younger than me. Yeah. What is going on? Because when I was first starting out, and again, it's like, oh gosh, I'm so aging myself. But it was cassettes. We were all there with you. Yeah. Just a well, reminder. <laughs> thank you for saying that. It was cassettes yeah. and CDs. And in-store appearances. And in-store appearances. And I'd, I'd often do like, you know, two and a half hour show. <gasps> and then go to the in-store appearance after the show as you? kind of an after party? No. Oh, yeah. So You would do a two-and-a-half-hour show and then go to <sighs> Sweet Spirit and Marry to Georgia yeah, or wherever. That's and, right. Sweet Spirit. Yeah, and you would do an in-store. <laughs> Family bookstore, yeah, Brian, oh, all of the different gosh. ones. So, yeah, we worked our tails off, definitely. 
But the other difference was you had to plan your kind of album stuff so far in advance, like six months out when you're still in the studio working on your album, you had to kind of have all the marketing, everything going so that you could do print marketing to let people know about your album that was coming out six months. Yes. So it was just so far ahead, you know, and now... It's like you make changes, you let people know almost like the week before yeah. this is coming out. Like, I mean, it's just so instant. So it's very different. What it's have we lost different. making everything go so much faster? Maybe some intentionality. I don't know. I, it's just so different to me, I suppose. And it, so it feels a little kind of like, huh, next thing, next thing, next thing. Yeah. Whereas before it was a little bit more of like a kind of a building towards yeah. this ministry event, yeah. this kind of slow, steady wow. thing. And I think that's something that we just have to be careful of in this very instant kind of social media driven world is that it just sometimes we need to slow our lives down a bit more Mm. intentionally and I just keep hearing people and you're probably hearing this too just saying be present like your being present is a present as in a gift to people Mm -hmm. and especially with kids Annie like it's like and they're growing so fast I remind myself of that a lot. Just be present. Like, be right here. Get yeah. get down on our three-year-old Imogen's level yeah. and just look her in the eyes and go, yeah. I'm right here. You know, play the Legos. Right. Like, do the thing. So I think some, some presence, some mm-hmm. actually, like, being in the moment, just not, like, being on your phone as much. Like, these are kind of the, some of the challenges, I think, that we all are dealing with because it's just it's too easy to be in 10 different spots at once. Yeah. I was with a family here on Christmas morning because my actual family did Christmas later. So I was yep. here at Christmas morning, and it's a family I play with the kids a lot after yep. work. And I'm there for brunch, and then I'm still playing in the afternoon. I'm, I'm there, and the one of the, the daughter says, do you not have to go to work today? And I was like, am I the dad from Elf? <laughs> it's Christmas. I don't oh have to go to work goodness. today. But I realized, like, kids just want us to stay. Yes. They just want us to stay. And they're used to me saying, I'm late to this because of work, or I'm going to a dinner, so I'm not going to stay till you go to bed, or, you know, like— which is mm. fine for me to have a life, but I, I mean, Rebecca, I died when she was like, are you not going to go to the office? I was like, you are remembering what day it Christmas is. Christmas day. <laughs> My gosh. My gosh. I'm yeah. giving myself a break. Right. One day. Touring. Is touring different than when you well, did it? Well, touring right now, I feel for us, has been more like these dates, you know, here yeah. and there. Yeah. And, and I've heard this from other people too. It's like, it's kind of spot dates. And like, yep. I think, getting the ball rolling post covid on like considerable block touring yeah. has been a little bit hard you yeah. know for some yes and we're trying to do what we're doing as a family too so getting the five of us going on a plane and the kids actually love it they're yeah. like when are we going on a bus again? When are we going on a plane or a hotel? That's like such an adventure. Yeah. And honestly, for me, having done nearly 20 years of music yes. first time around and then having a break from it, coming back to it with the kids' like view of it is seeing wow. it in this new kind of adventure, yeah. like through this lens of adventure. And like one day we had two spot dates that were both in Ohio and we went to the science museum, COSI, I think it's called. Yeah. And it was just awesome. Like yeah. it was just sweet, like finding those like moments in between the, the shows and to make an adventure. And um, it's igniting more of the sense of play rather than just kind of gearing up for the next thing, which I think starting wow. as young as I did, I think that was so much of my world when I was younger. Yes. It's like, what's the next thing that I'm gearing up for? Yes. So learning how to be present and seeing it with an eye of play and adventure and that God wants that for mm-hmm. me too. Mm-hmm. 
is new. Yeah. And I love it. So for our friends listening, your brothers are in for king and country. That's two right. Of them. There's a lot of them, but two of them are in for king and country. <laughs> yes. So forgive me that I don't know this. Were y'all born in Australia and then came to the U.S.? Almost all of us. Okay. So all the boys were, and I was born in Australia, and then my sister was born here in the U.S. Okay. So she's 14 years younger than me. Okay. Yeah. And so you get here, and you're a teenager, and you immediately jump into music? So I had kind of done a little bit before we moved. So my dad was a Christian concert promoter. So he would bring Petra and Amy Grant and Whiteheart and Striper. Oh, yes. (laughs) All these bands to Australia and two of them around. So I went to my first show at six weeks old. Wow. So it was just Christian music was kind of always just a part of my life. But yeah, so I... What was your original question? Gosh, mom brain yeah, about is moving. a thing. I love it. No, this yeah, is great. It's such a thing. About mom, coming yes, over here. Coming I think over. I, I want to yeah. hear that, like, why you gave your life to this so early. Okay. So 13, had grown up around Christian music. Carmen was my hero. Yeah. Like, Revival in the Land, that that, oh. that album just, I, mean, I would do the champion and yeah. put my arms up in the air and we'd decide which of my brothers was going to be the devil and, you know, who's <laughs> yeah, fighting totally, who. totally. But anyway, I loved, you know, his albums, and he's so sweet to me. He's kind of like an uncle, and he asked me to tour with him at 13 and open for him in Australia. So then my dad had a little record label. I did a little worship album on his label, moved to the U.S. at 14, and then some guys from Forefront Records, Uh otherwise known for a DC talk and audio A. Eddie DeGamo saw me sing it here in Franklin, outside of Nashville, and they asked me to be a part of their record label at 15. Wow. So Were y'all in school? Homeschooling. Okay. Yeah. And then you just grow up in it. And you're yeah. you're one of the faces that all of us attach with that season of life. Oh. Right? I mean, like it you. is for me. It's you are just one of the ones that when I think of who I grew up listening, Rachel Lampa's in that yeah, group love her. and Jackie Velasquez. Yes. You know, there's just a lot of y'all that were kind of singing to us at the same time. Yeah. I had Jackie on my podcast recently. Did it was you? So awesome. Oh, we were we'll just link laughing. To it. Yeah. And then, and then going real deep about life and marriage and parenting and yeah. learning. And Were y'all friends yeah. back then? We were. I like, I told a story how I painted a room with her at her new house. We were like painting together. Yeah. And how we just like bonded over that right in the peak of everything. It was yeah. just super, super busy yeah. for both of us. But we, we did get to see each other. Yeah. But mostly at festivals. A lot of it was in passing. What was your experience with God that whole time? Like, let me ask it even better. Like, did you feel like you worked for him or did you feel like you were doing ministry and you had this, a good relationship with him? Like you were so vocally for a lot of us, you had devotionals that taught us yeah. how to walk toward God. Mm. What was it like for you though? Yeah. So I gave my life to Jesus at eight in Australia at my church, which was just beautiful. I remember very intentionally giving my gifts and my talents to God at 12. And it was amazing because wow. it was very soon after that, that the common tour yeah. happened and all of those things happened and God just opened up doors for me. So I, I just knew that I wanted to be a world changer. Yeah. I wanted to serve God with my gifts, whatever that looked like. And I didn't know what that would be, but I had an inkling that music could be a part of it just because it was mostly what I knew. Mm-hmm. Like I'd just been around it so much. I feel like I didn't know what I was diving into. I think <laughs> there was so much of like a feeling of inadequacy, I think. And so prayer, oh, wow. beca- prayer became my lifeline. Oh. It was like, okay, I'm about to go out in front of two to 6,000 people yes. on this common tour, and I'm 13 years old, which now having a nearly eight-year-old, I see how oh, what a baby I was. I'm thinking about all of our friends with kids who are like, yeah. my 12-year-old could make such a commitment to God that their whole life is shaped like that. Hmm. Yeah, hmm. that is wild. 
Yeah, I, I have context now for what a baby I was, <laughs> you know. But I remember literally just getting on my face mm. before going out on stage and just begging God, Lord, if you don't give me strength to go out there, I won't be able to do this. And he gave me strength, and that's prayer has been my lifeline since. But I think I didn't go to college for this. I didn't yeah. study for it. I'd practice with my dad, you know, while other kids were going and swimming on vacation. I was practicing for the yeah. tour, you know. Yeah. And so there was just this sense of, okay, well, if I could do it, in front of my dad and I could kind of figure out how to perform these songs and sing them and he said it was good, then I can do it in front of the thousands of people. Mm. And if I pray, that's my other preparation and I'll, I'll be good and wow. he'll give me strength to do it. So I think it was all very pure and it was like, okay, God, you've opened these doors and I just have to faithfully serve you as best as I know how while relying on you. Yeah. But definitely, a, and a, probably a growing sense of inadequacy, actually, yeah. I think, as the years went on. But like you never had like a public meltdown. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you just, that's it. Right. I think that's one of the interesting right. things is what we're getting to see now that we have a new album from you. The same with Bethany Dillon is another one that comes to mind mm. when she was on the show. Mm. Like, of course you're human and have struggles, but somehow even through purity culture, even yeah. through the yeah. church being the church, even through people saying unkind yeah. things, you haven't walked away from this. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely had my time away from like active ministry. So uh -huh. when I got married, which God brought me my prince, which was just so amazing because for a lot of years I was, you know, singing about this man that I hoped would come into my yeah. life and I felt called to marriage and, but I was singing the song, you know, wait for me, like asking my future husband to wait for me and that I was waiting for him too. And that song became harder and harder to sing as years mm. went by and he wasn't here yet and yeah. hope deferred makes the heart sick. So my yeah. heart was sick in that department and was I was pretty burnt out, but I loved Jesus still, and I yes. still knew that he he was looking after me. You know, there was definitely some burnout pain that I had to deal with when sure. I did get off the road, and some good old counseling. Yeah, that's like <laughs> counseling. Did counseling help? Uh -huh. yeah. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. And just coming to God with my pain and realizing He could handle it. You know, I think of David in the Psalms. He was just very honest, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and God can handle it. He's the creator of the universe, and he can handle our pain, but he wants us to come to him, not back mm -hmm. away from him in pain. Mm -hmm. And so I think my heart was just—I believed everything I was singing still. It just—I was so weary. I was just yeah. kind of beaten up by nearly 20 years of just working too hard, not yeah. having enough rest, not having enough margin. And so I st the way that it played out wasn't any kind of— hitting the wall, like spiritual bankruptcy in the sense of like, I just don't believe this anymore and I'm throwing in the towel. It was more my body was telling me and my emotions and my mental state was telling me, you've got to stop doing the singing thing, but I wasn't listening. So I think I'd been red lighting, you know, like just like literally like light, red lights going off internally yeah. of saying, warning, warning, just stop. You know, you've got to rest more. Just yeah. come off the road for a while or come off the road. And I probably had been pushing through that because I'm a hard worker right. and I just keep keep going and I'm energizer bunny and I'll have a sabbatical and I'll be good. Yeah. And just kept going. And finally, my voice shut, started shutting down on me. Really? And kind of panic attacks on stage and things like that. On not, stage? Not traditional God. ones, not to where it's like, I think I'm going to die. You know, thank the Lord for that grace. Yeah. But to where I just couldn't breathe enough to sing. So I'd be trying to sing. I remember one particular moment in... Somewhere in Europe, I think it was Norway, Scandinavia. And I was singing, I think, Here I Am to Worship. And it was a whole bunch of teenagers. And it was before a show. It was like an afternoon event before a show there. And I'm literally squeaking out, 
here I am to worship. It's like my voice won't work. So I, ju- I just handed it off to them. Like, yeah. I just did, here, it, I, yeah. here I am. And they just kept going. But it was just that moment of going, oh, my goodness, there's a big problem here. Yeah. I, I got to I gotta slow down or stop. Because my body was shutting down on yes. me when I wouldn't protect it. Does that make right. sense? We're very yes. holistic creatures. Yes. And an interesting thing I've watched, you can correct me if I'm wrong, an interesting thing I've watched across being a grown-up in Christendom for two decades now, I haven't always been a grown-up in Christendom, but after two decades, <laughs> is that it seems to me that when men burn out, they blow up. Hmm. We see a real public something happen. They kind hmm. of do something to throw their life away. And when hmm. women burn out, they disappear. More internal. Yeah. Huh. We just— in- Back off. Yes. Interesting. That's what I've observed. I'm not sure that's always true. And it's, of course, a bell curve. And someone's going to be like, well, this woman did this and this guy just disappeared. But overarching, when we talk about stories of people in our faith who have publicly fallen apart, where we've seen it, Mm -hmm. it's mostly men. Mm -hmm. But I think it's because women just disappear. Yeah. I think we just internally pull out of the whole thing. Yeah. And so I've been real inspired by you Mm -hmm. to... To take break, not to not take breaks, but to like, oh, you can go through really hard parts of this and it not take you out of it. Thank you. So I just I received that. Thank I've you. Watched that, and I once we became friends, I was like, oh, now I can tell her uh, that. That I've watched that means that. a lot. Yeah. Thank well, you. it's true. I want to be like that. I want to have hard things happen and not quit. Thank you. You know what I had to learn in the quiet times of finishing after finishing music and I just kind of quietly retired like like you said I just kind of quietly and you moved out west right moved to LA yeah well I'd kind of I'd actually done some acting out there so I'd I'd moved to LA for some acting but I did meet my husband out there and I kind of had a sense that I might meet him but in LA and just an amazing miracle story but I learned after after we got married and I quietly retired and I had these moments at home of just being quieter, my spirit really quieting down, I felt like God just said, I I want you to see your value even when you don't see yourself as being productive or Mm. accomplishing this or that or actively giving to people. I want you to know that you can sit in a room with someone and not say one word or do anything actively for them and that you're incredibly valuable. Mm in that moment, just your presence, just who I created you to be. I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. Who I created you to be is enough and as a gift, just your presence. And so I, he wanted me to sit in that. And because I was so used to like, I mean, kind of like you said, making an album, writing a devotional Mm -hmm. book Mm -hmm. on tour all at the same time, Mm -hmm. you know, like literally like on the motorhome or the bus, like making an album and, and writing and just being very productive for a chunk of my life. And then it was like I couldn't do anything anymore. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I had nothing to offer to anyone, but that was a lie of the enemy Mm -hmm. because who he made each one of us to be is so valuable and such a gift just as we are, even in our weakness, even in those times where we feel broken and beat up and hurting, that we just need to show up. Yeah. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation real quick to share about another one of our incredible partners, Indeed. One of the more common questions we get asked in the Q&A time on tour was whether or not we're hiring. It's truly a compliment that you guys see the work we're doing and think you'd want to be a part of it. Well, we're not currently hiring, and when we are, you can be sure of one thing, we'll be doing it through Indeed. And if you're hiring, you need Indeed as well, because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. It's the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality 
quality applicants that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. You can find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match and assessments and virtual interviews. Y'all know I love it when things move fast. And with Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description. And you can invite them to apply right away. Here at Downs Books and at the That Sounds Fun Network, we've been so impressed with both Indeed's processes and with the hires we've made through them. Such talented team members who fit right into our culture and got to work. Indeed makes it seriously easy to hire great talent, making it the number one job site worldwide, according to Comscore. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sounds fun. Offer valid through March 31st. Go to Indeed.com slash sounds fun to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash sounds fun. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. And I have one more amazing partner to tell you about, Thrive Cosmetics. You know something that sounds fun to me? I mean, if money were no object, I'd be about having someone who would do my hair and makeup every day. Alas, money is an object, and I am actively trying to keep vanity in check in general, so I get to do my own makeup and hair. It's why I'm always looking for great products to take good care of my skin. I am loving Thrive Cosmetics these days. Thrive creates beauty and skincare products that are made with clean, skin-loving ingredients, no parabens, sulfates, or phthalates. Just gorgeous, non-creasing, long-lasting makeup. I am here for Thrive's Perfect Eye Palette. Those long-lasting neutral eyeshadow shades? Okay. And the liquid lash extensions mascara cannot be beat. I can definitely see why it's one of their best-selling products. Ultra-lengthening, eye-opening mascara that lasts all day. No clumping, no smudging, no flaking. Yes. It mimics the look of lash extensions, but no damaging glue or expensive salon prices. You guys have got to try this mascara. Over time, the clean, nourishing ingredients support longer, stronger, and healthier-looking lashes. Maybe my favorite thing about it is that it lasts and lasts until you're ready to remove it. And then the formula simply slides right off with warm water and a washcloth. No soap required. What? Thrive Cosmetics' impact and mission is bigger than beauty. Every purchase supports organizations that help women thrive. That's why they put the word cause right in their name. They support women emerging from homelessness, surviving domestic abuse, fighting cancer, and more. It's so inspiring. Now's a great time to try Thrive Cosmetics for yourself. Right now, you can get 15% off your first order when you visit thrivecosmetics.com TSF. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash T-S-F for 15% off your first order. And now back to our conversation with Rebecca. I'm thinking about our friends listening who are moms that had a career, but now they're at home mm-hmm. or anybody who has done a thing like you've done and has changed course and the course feels different, Yeah, right? It's either a slower pace or it's not as public or, you know, a pastor who's become a teacher changes a totally different visibility level. How do you learn the thing of that you're valued even if you aren't producing? I mean, the counseling honestly was part of it. I'm an advocate for that because that was a counselor that said that to me. said, do you know that you can sit here, not say anything or do anything and be a gift to me? Did you know that? And so he's like, I want you to sit in that. So that that was a gift from him to me, and I needed to hear that. I also think, you know, I learned to ask more for what I need encouragement-wise because I think sometimes people look 
at women, strong women, and women like you just talking about um, that have done had various seasons in their life and yeah. probably done a lot and very yeah. capable. And they look at a woman like that and they go, oh, she's got it. She's great. She's golden. Like she's mm-hmm. she's got it all together. She's She doesn't need encouragement. But we actually all need encouragement. Yeah. We're all fragile. We need encouragement. And so like I say that kind of two-winged one hey let's encourage each other more like who do you know in your life right now that just needs some encouragement just a text just say girl you're amazing and you're such a blessing and you're doing it i've had friends that have just said that to me it's like yes i'm doing it (laughs) i'm doing it what a relief but then also i even with my husband i've had to kind of or or with a friend just say hey can you speak to what you see in me Mm. today i need that wow can you just speak to what you see like what do you see can and sometimes we, I've undervalued that or thought, oh, if people see that, then they're going to say it. Like, I, I shouldn't ask for encouragement. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't need to. Like, they should just say it. Come on. You know, can't they see I'm vulnerable? Yes. You yes, know? yes. <laughs> and I realized that was a bit of a false expectation on my part because I think a lot of us can appear to be more put together or well-rounded than we are, yeah. um, but we all need it. Yeah. So let's give it and let's, let's ask for it. are in that yeah. spot of like, they 100%. have to look together in 100%. most churches and they could use some real encouragement, yes. but we think they're fine. I know. They're fine. We had Jenny Allen on talking about her new book, Find Your People. And one of the things she I said to her, when are you supposed to go first and when are you supposed to let someone else go first as far as reaching out for these mm. kind of things? And she was like, you always go first. You wow. always take the initiative to ask for what you want and to ask for what you need and to invite someone to hang out. Yeah. Yes. To give and to need. If everyone always went first, no one would ever have to go first. Yeah. Right? You know what? I remember that actually in youth group and the vulnerability of that time. And like, I remember being 13 or 14, just moving to the U.S. and just walking across the room in a youth group was like the biggest deal. I was just so, I felt like everyone was just looking at me, yes. you know, but they're not looking at me. I mean, they're, they're insecure maybe. themselves. You're Rebecca St. James. They may have actually been looking at you. So. You're so sweet. You're so sweet. But, but not, I hear not you. at 14. Okay. No, they, they knew, yeah, I was. I'm like, I hate to tell you, everyone knew who you were. Uh, I was just this girl with a funky accent, and they right. just say say something. You know, uh, that, yeah. that, I was that girl. Yeah, but you know, I felt so self conscious, and I remember my like crying coming home from youth group, mm. and just my dad saying, and mom, you know, just saying, "Hey, if you want to have friends, you got to be a friend." Yeah. So initiate, wow. like, be be the friend. Yes. Can we talk about prayer for a minute? Yes. I love talking to you about prayer. <laughs> It is like, we're about to do the whole month of April on prayer on the show. We're theming the whole month because that's what people want to learn. Yes. And uh, me too. Me too. It's 100%. It's the thing. It's the only thing the disciples asked Jesus to teach them. Right? Whoa. I never realized that. That's the only thing they said, teach us how to pray. They didn't say about anything else. You're like, you want to ask how to heal? Because we want to learn that too. But will you talk about what's your prayer life like as a mom? I imagine you don't have the same time in the morning I do. I get to get up and slowly make my tea and sit and read. And that's not what your life looks like today. Yeah, not right now. I want to grow in this area, honestly, in my life. I don't feel like it's where I want it to be. I would say a lot of my my prayer life feels bullet-y. Yeah. Like it just feels like, hey, hey God, he, here you go. Like, yeah. uh, please be with our kids in this regard. Or like, I need you help. (laughs) I'm pretty good about devotional books. I have devotional books that I'm like reading each day to kind of like feed my soul in those moments Mm -hmm. of like, I have five minutes with my coffee and it's like, here it is, some truth and a power scripture. And then honestly, when people 
ask for help or I know of needs, I will pray right then then. because I just know. I've seen you do that. That's exactly what you do. When (sighs) someone says a prayer thing to you, you said, I'll pray for you right now. And I was like, oh, she's going right now. Yeah. Well, you and I bonded over prayer. We did. I love that we got to go to a retreat together. It was so sweet. But I think also praying with the kids at night, that has been really good because I, I not only like pray for them and kind of our family, but if there's, again, pressing needs of somebody we know, coming mm. to Jesus with those requests with the girls. Yeah. And then, you know, sometimes, oftentimes I'll just pray with them, over them, and then sometimes I'll, you know, have them pray as well. And just the things that they share and the trust and what they're coming to him about is just so lovely to me and kind of ministers to me because yeah. it's that childlikeness that I, it's like I want to become more childlike the older mm-hmm. I get. Mm-hmm. Just in my simple trust. Like, They're I don't want to make it too complex. To yeah, Living up close with them, it sounds like, eat with touring and with prayer. Mm-hmm. They're giving you their eyes to see the world. We had such an interesting thing happen just this last month. Honestly, this kind of speaks to, I don't know, my season maybe yeah. with, with kids and life. Our daughter, Gemma, who's seven, broke her leg, like her, mm. her tibia, all the way in half. No. Like, I mean, just, just skiing straight through. Just oh, fell wrong. No. The ski didn't pop off. Just really, really bad. And I said to my husband when when they came back, and she's still in shock. And yeah. like she looks like she's aged years, you know, in in oh. hours, you know. But just but just the pain and yes. and just like what just happened. Ugh. And um, I said to him, we have to know what we know about this situation mm. for her. Like, what do we know? Yeah. What do we stand on? Yeah. And I said, we know that God is good and that He's going to take care of her. And that he will redeem this pain in right. her life for good, for good, for the wow. good of her relationship with him. And a day and a half later, she wouldn't move out of bed because the pain was that extreme. She just wouldn't. Oh gosh, she right. wouldn't let us move her. She wouldn't move herself. She's like, would get hysterical if we got close to her leg. Oh. That was traumatizing. I had to leave the room multiple oh, times crying sure. as a mom because you can't fix it for your child and you're in a rock and a hard place. Do I move her and then traumatize her? Do I wait for her to do it? She's not doing it. We, we can't, we're in Colorado. We live in right. Tennessee. We've got to get home. Like, and so it was just oh a, a, like a rock and hard place. We prayed, Annie. We prayed together with her and we held hands, my husband and I and her, and asked God to help her have the courage to move and yeah. let her daddy lift her out of bed. Yeah. Within a half an hour, she was out of bed without trauma, oh without gosh. hysterical experience, without even tears. And so she saw God meet her in that moment. And so I think... Yeah, so even that <sighs> was something for her faith. Too. For her faith. Yeah. But I think for me, it's just that, like, coming to him as a mom. Like, because I felt like a child in that moment. Lord, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Like, I, I'm at a loss. Yeah. And just coming to him... As a parent, like, I'm, I'm so afraid. Mm. I don't know what to do. And, mm. But then her seeing God show up for her, that ministered to me. Yeah. But it was prayer. You know, it was just like yes. we, we asked and we saw. Yes. One of the things I am trying to learn about prayer is once I pray to then also ask God to give me the eyes to see him answer. Because I think a lot of times I miss his answer because I'm looking for something in the east and he's doing something in the west. Wow! Right? Do you do you journal? How do you, how do you do it? Yeah. I, do you know what else? I also have a really big sticky notes that are like paper, yeah. like poster size. Yeah. I have them hanging on my wall in my little room where I read in the mornings, and I write everybody I'm praying for. Wow! I love and that. And so then, well, because I realized I wasn't praying for anybody but me. 
And I was like, uh, <laughs> hey, journals for eight years. You're just about Andy. That's pretty embarrassing. So I was like, I've got to see people's wow, names and I their need. That. I'd like um, to do that. I'll, I'll send I'd you like a picture that. of it. That'd I don't mind great. you seeing it. I'll That'd show you. I don't like show everybody what's on there, <laughs> but I will very happily show you. So it has changed how I journal too, because she looking for courage, even hearing that story, I'm like, oh, well, God gave her courage in a way that y'all might not have expected, mm, right? To even yeah. get up and move isn't like, the day before, that was not courage for her, right? Yes. So you had, I had to have eyes to see it. But, you know, I also, so I am, I'm in a, a women's Bible study, and we've been studying prayer, actually. Oh, yeah. And the world needs to know that that group of women, when y'all pray. Oh, you know some oh, of those women. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, <laughs> people will tell me what books you're, I'm, I'm like the beggar outside the door who's just like, tell me what y'all talked about. Tell Girl. me what books to read. But, yeah, oh, that group, I it's, mean. It's a special Y'all group. are, like, really praying in God's answer. We're diving in. Yeah. yeah. And so I do feel like I'm being challenged on prayer. I feel like I've started praying more about spiritual warfare. Lord, protect us if there's wow. something going on in this room or in this house or in this moment that is just, you know, of the enemy yeah. like, and, and kind of like in Jesus name speaking yes. to yes. fear or speaking yeah. to overwhelm or whatever yeah. it is. And so this is kind of a new level for me. I, I'm not really like walked in that before, but so I'm, I'm growing actively right now. But a friend of mine a couple of years ago challenged me and it was kind of indirect. It was more just like through her life story. But she had had a very deep betrayal by her husband who was kind of stealing money from her dad and like, and then cheating on her and all kinds of stuff. And so she had two small children at that point. Those two children have grown up so beautifully and so well, and God has redeemed so much for them. They're solid in their faith, but they've seen some pain. You yeah. know, they've seen some need for Jesus. Yes. She got remarried to a wonderful man, had a third child. That child has not kind of come up against some harsh realities in life, like wow. the two eldest. And she said to me one time, it so challenged me, she said, yeah. I'm concerned for our third child that he has not experienced the same realities of life as our two eldest did, and therefore maybe doesn't know his same need for Jesus in the same way. And what it challenged me to do is instead of just praying as a mom like, Oh, Jesus, protect our children physically, emotionally, spiritually, like mentally, in every way, just protect them from yeah. all harm. I've actually every now and then started praying, Lord, protect our kids, but allow just enough pain in their life mm. that they know their need for you. That is so brave to pray that. That is going to hurt y'all so much. Well, you know, I think I saw it with this whole leg thing. Yeah. It was a curveball that I didn't just see coming. Heart. My gosh, well, because I, that. that's honestly my greatest fear in life. Mm. Like, <laughs> public humiliation or failure, but bigger than that is that something would happen yeah. bad, really bad, traumatizing or a loss of uh, one of our children. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's my deepest fear. And so to pray that and just say, Lord, I know that the biggest thing in life is that they, that they know you and have a truly real relationship with mm -hmm. you. And so be gracious, Lord, but do allow in their lives just enough pain that they really know to turn to you. I don't know that I'm praying anything that brave. I don't. That is such a sacrificial way to parent. That is very brave. That is going to matter. That's raising three kids who will, who will know Jesus as who he really is, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But where, that, where the rubber meets the road on that is that I don't try to <laughs> she over— She broke her over, leg. <laughs> well, and that, but honestly, that I don't try to overprotect in fear yeah, because I think, you know, even our, our son right now is 18 months and he is just— 
everywhere. Like, I mean, it's just like if it's a danger to himself, if he can stand on a table yep. or on the kitchen island, yep. he does. He just yeah. goes after it. Yeah. And so, like, boys are so like that, right? Oh my. Every time I FaceTime my nephew, I'm like, different injury. He yeah. has a different injury on his face. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I want to trust God yeah. more than I trust myself as a parent, you know? And so it's just like walking that out. Yeah. When you think about your music, what do you pray for your music? For kingdom fruit. I just pray that that God will use these songs. That there has been a lot of labor. There has been time away from from the kids. I mean, they come in the studio. Yeah. They're a part of it too. But yeah. there's been time away, and it's been sacrificial in some ways. But just that God will use it to bring His hope, to bring a revelation of His love, to bring a dawn, a spring, a sunrise, because that's what He did in my life. Yeah. Like four years ago, He like radically changed the direction of my life and called me back to music in moments. and Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was just probably the most instantaneous life change I've ever experienced. But I can sing and write from that space and tell that story. God brings a sunrise in the middle yes. of a really deep winter. He, yes. do, he does it. Yes. Wait for yours. I mean, Rebecca, that blows my mind because I think one of the things the church needs, we all need, is seeing people do the long haul of faith. So the Lord bringing you back in front of all of us mm. is mm. going to stir up so many different things. Mm. That is, I mean, that he went, I need you back now. I need you back now. In a time when, before the pandemic began, mm. before, yeah, yeah, you know. it was. And, and the album is called Dawn, right? Is it well, new the, Dawn? So the, that's right. The EP is called Dawn. And then the new album, the full length album is called Kingdom Come. And That's so right. it's a single that I have with, with my brothers in for King Country, and it's the title track of the full-length yeah. album. But yeah, the EP is Dawn. Yeah. yeah. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation one last time to tell you about one of our incredible partners, Pros. So maybe I got my hair cut a while back, and it turned out a little shorter than I hoped, and I'm actively and a little impatiently trying to grow it out again? Well, naturally, I turned straight to Pros for help. Pros is the world's most personalized hair care. They take natural ingredients and combine them in innovative ways to give you and me clean hair care that yields incredible results. Their formulas offer actual answers to your individual hair needs, not the same old mass solutions. I can tell my hair is growing out healthy and full. Stress can do some crazy things to our bodies, like causing an increase in hair shedding and thinning. And people usually lose about 50% of their total hair before they even notice that their hair is shedding more. Yikes. But Pros is a way to stop stress-related hair loss in its tracks and spark new, stronger growth. Not only does Pros specialize in custom hair care, but now they also make custom hair supplements that help reduce excess shedding and spark fuller, thicker hair growth with just two capsules a day. Your part of the process is simple. Just complete an online consultation. You know we love a quiz. And then Pros will customize your supplements to address all the factors that could be triggering your hair issues. Things like age, hormonal changes, stress levels, nutrition, and more. You'll be happy to know that Pros supplements use only natural, clean, safe ingredients, no drugs or hormone disruptors. In fact, all of their formulas are toxicologist approved, gluten-free, and vegan. And the bottom line is, Pros works. Multiple studies, including the one happening on my own head, show that over 90% of women taking Pro's hair supplements saw less shedding, more growth, and improved overall appearance in just 90 days. Try your own custom hair supplements and you'll get 15% off. Get yours at pros.com slash that sounds fun. 
That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash that sounds fun for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off custom hair supplements. Just go to P-R-O-S-E dot com slash that sounds fun to try custom hair supplements and get 15% off. And now back to finish up our conversation with Rebecca. So with Kingdom Come, I have this thought about Jesus teaching us to pray like that. Like if God's will was going to be done in his kingdom come without us praying, Jesus wouldn't have told us to ask for that. Wow. Right? So what does it look like to you when we're praying kingdom come and when we're singing along to this? Yes. What is it going to look like to you if God answers that? What if the kingdom comes around this album? What is that going to look like? It looks like revival. Okay. What oh, does yeah. revival look so, like? So when we were writing the song, we wanted it to be did you write super it with the biblical. I did. Okay. I wrote it with my brothers. And we went in the studio, like, just hoping that God would give us something special. But every time you go into a song session hoping for something special, and oftentimes, yeah, something maybe may be good yeah. lands, but it might not <laughs> go anywhere. But God gave us something special that day. We knew wow. it. And so we wanted it centered around the Lord's Prayer, the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit. We wanted it to just have this undertone of revival. Like these were the kind of the components that were coming together when we were praying that day and asking God to lead us. And so when I think of revival, I think of like the revivalists that said, if you want to see revival, go into your room, shut the door, draw a circle on on the ground, step into it and say, Lord, let revival start in the circle and let it start with me. Like, yeah. let it start right here. And I think revival looks like holiness. Like, I think it just looks like Him capturing our hearts in such a way. And not holiness in the pious, like, look at me, I've got it all together, and I'm, I'm like, so perfect. More in the sense of, like, I love Jesus, and I so want to honor Him like a child that I want Him to infiltrate and affect every single part of my life. So, Lord, just shine through me as I parent, shine through me as I have this conversation with my sibling or my friend, shine through me as I go to work, like live it out, like just shine through me. I'm your lighthouse. And so I think revival begins that way. I think it begins just like really living out that prayer. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let it start with us. Let it start with me right now in this moment. Yes. Our pastor has talked about drawing the circle before Mm, and that that, and just going like, yeah, what would it look like if revi- if I asked the Lord to do revival in my life, not in Titan Stadium yet? Totally. Right? Like we all, again, it's our eyes. My yes. eyes think revival looks like Titan Stadium yes. full of non-believers who all get saved in one night. Totally. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. want to see that in I the city. I want to see that yeah. in Nashville. I want to see— 100%. That ver- but also, sometimes I'm like, is all, are all these cranes revival? Like, is this—is uh, God building our city— Revival? Wow, Annie, I don't know. I like that. Do you think it could be? I, I think it could be. I've heard people say that, that really? they think it'll start out of Nashville, actually. Like, like coming, well, it makes sense because all of y'all are coming. Every musician <laughs> is writing. I mean, so many, you work with Bethel Music. So yeah. many Bethel people are being mm, magnetized here. Yes. True. Yeah. yeah, and you came back happening. here and kicked back up into music. It's true. Yeah. Aww. So this album releases in the spring. Yeah. And... There is something about getting out of winter. Yeah. Right? And I think oh, a girl, lot of us— Oh, girl, girl, girl. <laughs> you're me, so right? prophetic, man. Uh, you're, you just hear—you hear things. Well, wow. Maybe. I, yeah. I hope so. No, you do. I'll receive it. Thank you. I'm thinking about how a lot of us feel like we've been in a winter for years. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Or a winter for—and and 
each area of our lives, we can go, well, it's springtime here in my life or it's summer here. But man, it has been winter in this one area totally. since I lost my job or since that relationship ended or since that person passed away. Yeah. How do we find spring? How do we see the dawn? How did you see it? Okay, so our, our winter looks like multiple big curveballs. Like for me, it was miscarriage, like two yeah. miscarriages, not being able to fall pregnant. Was it Deeply before painful. the girls? Or? Actually, so we had Gemma, our oldest, and that was so easy and good, happened fast. So I just thought, oh, we're, we're going to be we good. Go. I won't right. miscarry ever probably, and this is all good. And then I miscarried and then miscarried again and just couldn't fall pregnant. And it was just so disillusioning. Like, I, Lord, I didn't see this coming, and I'm hurting at my feminine core right mm-hmm. now. And then my husband kind of lost his job unexpectedly and as a massive curveball. So he was wow. hitting— his masculine core was being hit really hardcore. So on a purpose level, very, very painful. So we were both like in this season just going, I don't even really have much encouragement for you and you didn't have much encouragement for me. We're just gutted right now. And so in the middle of that, I was asked to sing actually in Alaska with my brothers at this event. And and I mean, I was still struggling with uh, panic attacks while I was singing and stuff. So it was definitely a little bit of like, uh, okay, yeah, we, we'll, that'll be good. You know, God will give me what I need. But anxiety kind of surrounding that. And I remember feeling a sense from the Holy Spirit that he was calling me to speak about the miscarriages while in the middle of it. Not with this happy little bow. Right. Not, not everything wrapped up. Ca- right, no. You know, not, but just in the middle of it, just oh, go, hey. So I was singing some worship songs, leading worship, and there was an anointing on that time. But in, in this talk, I'm sharing about how we're in the middle of the pain, in the middle of the fire, which is the name of one of the songs on yeah. the new album. And we don't exactly know what to do with this pain, but we're trusting God and his heart and that he will somehow redeem this hard mm. time. Not a dry eye in the building, oh, pretty much. Sure. And I'm like crying, which I never hardly ever do on stage. So it was just a very, very like powerful time. And I walk off stage after that moment and tell my brother Joel, I, I believe God just called me back to music. Like I, my heart has been so changed in these moments on stage that I think he just did like the most profound work in my heart and called me to that. And I feel like he's also just saying, hey, Beck, which is what friends call me. Annie, you can talk, call Thank me you. back. I will. <laughs> I know you will. Beck, don't rush ahead of me. Don't try to plan this thing. I got it. So I'm like, just watch what I'm about to mm. do in your life. Mm. What, just watch me. And it was almost like God had this twinkle in his eye, just like, yeah. look what I'm cooking up for yes. you. Just like, and I've, I've held on to that because it was such an encounter with him. I was not looking back. I was not looking to do music again or to go back to music at that point. I was Why'd still, you say yes to that one event? Honestly, it was a part of a cruise. Yeah, so you're <laughs> an like, Alaska here we go. cruise yeah. that the whole family, all yeah. all the small bone clan, could go yes. on, and spouses and grandkids. Yes. And so it was a take one for the team, kind yeah. of. Even yeah. though I was still kind of emotionally wounded, really, yes. and yes. still dealing with the panic stuff. So, but in that yes, like, and and right on that cruise and that time too, God called my husband as well, changed his heart about moving to Nashville, like radically changed his heart. Wow. Nashville had not been on the table for us. We were just, yeah, California, we're good. Right. So it was a double thing of God changed my heart, opened me to music and changed his, Mm. which was just extra confirmation. Yes. So yeah, it's just, I think holding on and persevering, a friend of mine was talking about just long suffering, 
And I got a Marco Polo, actually. I, I like Marco Polo. And um, um, she was... We're about to go so hard on Marco Polo. You really? and I, now that is okay. our new thing. I love it so much. I love it so much, too. It's you, the best. You're in the car. You don't have to look at yourself. You yes. can just leave a message. Yes. Your, your little thing. When where, I get ready in the morning, I put it on my mirror. Oh, that's and so I perfect. buzz through them and I yeah. answer. Oh, this, yeah, and you're, Beck, this is our future. Beck, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Every, you just heard it right here. Marco Polo it is. I love that girl. So oh. anyway, she left me this message about how God is teaching her how to suffer well in essence and long suffering and I feel like that's been kind of like a part of the season and you know it's like after he renewed me like that and showed me that I miss this connection that I have with the Holy Spirit when I sing that Mm. that was that moment of going Lord I miss this reliance that I have on you when I sing and when I speak about you I miss that intimacy that we have he did bring my heart into a new spring and he's given me a new song to sing because of that dawn. But he's also given me this message, like, wait for your spring, people. Wow. Like, when, when I speak, this is what I'm saying. It's like, wait for your spring. Hold yeah. on. Don't yes. give up. Don't throw in the towel. He's, it's coming. I think the thing for us all to hear is you said yes in the winter. And there may be a world where that triggered a spring. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't. The Lord's so clear that some things are blessings and some things are rewards. Like, mm-hmm. we don't know how to measure those. But... Yep. I wonder if our yeses sometimes make a way. The sacrificial yeses maybe, especially. Too. Maybe. In yeah, the middle. Sacrifice of praise in the middle of the pain. Yes. Hmm. I've never thought about that. I love that. Yeah. Who knows? I think a lot of it we won't know till heaven. That's but right. Yeah. Even then, are we going to know? I just am like, does he have enough time to loop <laughs> back through all the things I've made a list of? We've got an eternity. There's a lot yeah, of us. Back. There's a lot of us that he has to deal with. That's true. But I, I often will say to the Lord, if something goes sideways, not a serious something, if something yeah. small goes sideways, I'll say, add that to the list. I'd like you to explain. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a running list. I love it. And so we'll see when we get to it. But I, love I also it. would like to hang out with Peter. So, you know, I've got a lot of things to do. Yeah. When we get a there. lot on your list. Yeah, I've just got some things, yeah, um, some things. that I'd like to take care of. Yeah, me too. When you think about... This album. When was your last album before the EP? Hmm. Let's think about this. Hmm. I mean, it was the year we got married, so 2011. Okay. So that's a long time. Yeah. Like, a, like 10 years. What do you hope for this one that is new? I hope that this album kind of feeds the church in a different way than maybe mm. some of my albums. Like just that, you know, it's a worship album that is just kind of a, I would say like, a, it's my own Aussie meets lived in America for, you know, decades yeah. approach to worship. It's 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 just different. Yeah. And I but I just pray that when people hear it, they're able to worship Jesus with it yes. in a way that is unique to my other albums. Mm. That they can hear hope and sing hope through this album and that it does ignite their own revival moment. Yeah. That then is contagious. Yes. That's it, because that's what happens is after it happens in the circle, it goes out of the circle. Yep. Yeah. 100%. Oh, man. I Are y'all going to tour it? Yeah. I mean, I think, like, my husband and I were just literally holding things so loosely. It's yeah. like, Lord, show us how you want us to be directed in this time yeah. in our lives. I mean, when we say yes to shows or events, it's calculated because yeah. of having a family. Yes. You know, we look at it and we're, like, kind of prayerfully going, okay, Lord, what is the healthy yeses and what's yes. the healthy no's? Yes. Because I think for all of us in life, there are both. Yes, that's right. We exactly can't say right. yes to everything. Otherwise, right. it's an unhealthy yes. That's right. So I think um, if God brings kind of the right partnerships for the right times yeah. in our lives over the next years, 
of touring. I would love that because there is something about being out there. I think that's what probably this season of pandemic has been for a lot of us. It's like we freshly value that in-person communal moment that is a Christian event, Mm -hmm. right? It's Mm -hmm. like gathering in Jesus' name, whether it's church or whether it's a Christian show or listening to a speaker like you. It's like, you know, I'm having this communal moment with these other believers and I see their faces and I see their smiles and I see the hope and I see the joy and I'm witnessing it in real time. And that moment will never happen again. Never happen again. That's so right. I, there's something that I value about that that is so special. So yeah. I, and I feel honored to to be asked to do yeah. things now. Yeah. So we'll just see. Hands open. Oh, I love you. Um, <laughs> is there anything you. we didn't say about the album that you want to make sure we say? <laughs> I think you covered so much, girl. Okay. Uh, yeah, oh, man. Yeah, I, yeah. That, that time went very fast yeah. for me. Oh, for I, me I, too, I can't believe it. I'm like, too. oh, my gosh. 100%. Um, I, you're just welcome back here anytime. Thank you. I just want you. I, I think you you bring a seasonedness, not mm-hmm. an age. We're very close in age, but there's a seasonedness to you that a lot of us, especially women who are behind you and being public, have so much to gain from. Mm, and thank so you. I I may just call you and say, "Will you come talk Please, to us again?" Please, I would love. Will to. you come? In I'll, I'll Marco Polo you in like, a happy back. We need back. you. Here we go. We need you on the pod. <laughs> come back. So I'm grateful you're back in a public sense. Thank you. Because I think it it will tell a lot of people a lot of things that we've been needing to hear. So Thank I'm you, very friend. thankful. Okay, the last question we always ask. I've never gotten to ask you this. So <laughs> because the show is called That Sounds Fun, uh-huh. tell me what sounds fun to you. You know what? A good old healthy sweet chick flick sounds so awesome oh, yeah? to me. Oh yeah, romantic okay. comedy all yes. the way. Guess what, girl? I watched Sister Act one yes. just the other day, and I was like, "This is so good." I'm yeah. like crying in Sister Act <laughs> when they're doing the the Carl moment yes, yes. and the redemption of how. Right. I mean, but it's just so beautiful. Okay, it's so Sister sweet. Act. Uh, Sister Act two is a lifetime favorite. You know, movie. I, okay, very little known fact. I auditioned for that. What here in Nashville? And no. I almost got in. I got into like the second round. And it was honestly, the, the only reason it didn't probably go further is that I wouldn't make fun of sex. In my, oh, in wow. the, they gave me a thing to read about yeah. the, I mean, it, well, it wasn't an actual part of the movie that made into it, but I yeah. had to kind of mock yeah, sex, sex in it and it didn't, didn't fly. Yeah, and so like, I didn't, interested. I didn't, I couldn't authentically right. do it. And right. so, yeah, but I got into the, Second round with Sister Act. Do you still yeah. do some acting? Is that still something you see coming? Uh, if that was the right thing. Yeah. And, yeah, right moment. Yeah. But yeah. Um, okay. Album's out. I can't wait for people to get to hear it. Thank, Thank you for doing this. Oh, I'm so grateful you're here. Such an honor. I've loved every moment. So fun. That was really I'm, good. Praise the Lord. This oh, is just so sweet. What a gift. What you're a gift. You're such a soul sister. Oh, friends, isn't she the best? Listen, she's our friend now. We just call her Bex. Don't even worry about it, right? Like, she's our people. Oh, I just loved it. I love that whole conversation. Y'all be sure to listen to the new EP, Dawn, releasing next week. Oh, it's so good. And follow her on social media so you can tell her thanks for being on the show and how much her music has always meant to you. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. I will do the same. And today, what sounds fun to me is the beautiful weather outside. I'm thrilled about it. I am thrilled about it. That's what sounds fun to me is just being in it. Y'all have a great weekend. We'll see you back here Monday with, oh, y'all, seriously, one of the most special conversations I've had in all my years as a podcast host. So we'll see you back here on Monday with the one and only Kristen Chenoweth. We'll see y'all then. Yeah,